Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast and on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Jump in and enjoy this next episode. Welcome back and thank you for joining me on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and today we are going to answer that question that I see regularly pop up on social media platforms across the area. Which Little League Baseball organization is right for you your child, and your family. And we have three quality baseball organizations in the Dubuque area, and we are going to bring in members of each board to answer questions, to talk about the leagues, and answer some of those questions that you might have and get you to where you are able to sign up so your son or daughter, if your daughter's into playing baseball, can have an outstanding baseball experience. So during this episode, you are going to hear from Mark Hafel, who is going to be representing the Prairie League, and his connection is with the Asbury Athletic Association. Then we'll be joined by the Pony League director, and his name is Chris Sabers. And then in part three, my hope is to hear from Scott Strohmeyer from the Independent League. So our first guest today is from the Asbury Athletic Association, Mark Hafel. Mark, welcome to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Thanks, Nick. Happy to be here. Looking forward to talking a little baseball. I love talking baseball. So first things first, parents, get your notepads ready. What are the <laughs> sign-up dates if they would like to play for one of the Asbury Town teams in the area? Yeah, our registration opened January 1st, and it will end on February 28th, which is that last day of, of February, and that gives us time to uh, coordinate schedules with the Little Prairie League. Perfect. And all of my interviews are set up for the end of January, so we will get this out. And Mark, how do they go about signing up? Is there a form they have to get? Can they do it online? Where's the website, the Facebook page, the Twitter, any social media that you can connect them with? Sure. If they would just Google Asbury Athletic Association, they'll find our website through a sports light um, program and they can just register online there there's a registration link and faq pages and information about the the programs and then also we share the link on our asbury athletic association facebook page would be the easiest ways or they can always um find those websites and we have contact information as well to help 
And I will also share that information on my Facebook page, New Listeners Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and Coach Manaman on Twitter. Now, Mark, we always want to know, what are the age levels? And especially during this time of time of COVID, we know that budgets might be a little stretched thin. So what are the age levels that the Asbury and the Prairie League offer? And what are some of the price points for, for families? Um, Asbury Athletic Association's uh, baseball fees are uh, $85 flat fee across for all levels. Um, On top of that, they would have to purchase a jersey um, and a hat. So you're you're probably looking around $130 for the season total. Um, And that's that's for all ages of boys from about 4 to 14. So we have T-ball for the youngest kids, um, which is a super popular program, um, all the way up D-leagues through A-leagues. And Mark, when we talk about $85, that's that's a great price point, um, mm-hmm. especially during this time. On general, how many practices and how many games are the children playing in a week? So for our D-League through our A-League, um, practices are going to vary depending on the, the team and the coach. Some teams practice once per week, and we help to coordinate one practice time per week locked in at one of our three fields, either at Asbury, Maple Hills, or Roosevelt. Um, some teams prefer to practice twice a week, and we can help coordinate that second practice time. And some teams will practice a little more often. Um, we have a lot of open times um, that we fill up on Saturdays and Sundays with our league teams. So if you're ever out in the Asbury area, you'll see that our fields are generally busy most days uh, between games and practices. And then games, they'll play, T-ball will play eight about eight games in a season. They don't practice, though, but they play eight games in a season. And then the D-League through A-League will play 10 to 12 games, and sometimes um, coaches are able to pick up some extra games and that no additional cost. It just kind of depends on the drive of the team and the coach. Mark, I will say with Asbury being a booming metropolis, and I do live in the area, I go for my nightly walk with my wife, and I love just stopping at the three different fields and watching the kids practice and watching the coaches coach and even catching a game some nights. And you see so many huge smiles on on so many kids' faces. Now, you and I were talking about, before we uh, started recording, the history of the Prairie League. And you shared a great story on how it started with the connection to the semi-pro league. Do you want to share a little bit about that? And then we'll talk about the mission of the league. Um, sure. From what I understand and, and recall being a, a former Prairie League kid myself back in the day, the the Little Prairie League was formed in conjunction with the, the Prairie League as we know now, the Semi-Pro League. So all of those towns then had their own um, Little League team. And uh, people would be able to travel with their kids to play on some of those same fields that the Semi-Pro players were playing on. Um, and I remember as a kid playing on some of those big fields, especially the Placid field I always remember playing on. Um, and it, there, there's a lot of nostalgia there for people that have grown up around the, the Prairie League and watched those games or maybe still do. 
and that that was the idea of it um, was to bring those small towns together through through their kids as well um, and have that connection to to the semi pro players. The one thing that I enjoyed about the Prairie League, I played both growing up. I played in the Independent League, and then my family moved to Asbury, and I've also played in the Asbury League. And we had a travel team, the Asbury Mariners, and we traveled all over the all over the yes. Midwest playing games, and and were very successful. But back then, when there was not a whole lot of travel baseball, you had teams and you had communities like Farley and Boston, yes. Epworth, that really followed their teams and the Prairie League was huge and you would have some good crowds to watch some of those those games in Farley or even you know traveling out to Dyersville to play and I remember specifically they would have a B-League tournament and you'd have 12 Prairie League teams and then you'd invite maybe 12 or 13 independent league teams and it was quite a spectacle up at up at Asbury Park during during those two weeks with great food, great announcing, great umpiring, yep. and great baseball games. And some of my greatest memories um, come from that B League tournament. I remember I hit a hit a walk off against the Mustangs. I, the I hit it over the uh, left center fielder in B League for the Asbury Royals to walk it off and and go to the championship. But I do want to talk about the mission of the league. What is the mission of the Asbury Athletic Association? Um, our our mission is mostly just to uh, provide a positive experience and uh, um, maybe a more relaxed atmosphere. We, you know, we target individual players rather than maybe whole teams. We find places for kids that. Uh, can't find a team to join and we find a team for them. And we really strive to help kids make individual progress, not just through baseball, but gaining confidence, um, learning how to be a teammate, uh, and, and then also building those those fundamental skills. Uh, we're really big on sportsmanship and uh, just learning to enjoy the game. Uh, one big um, thing that we we push every year and that any coaches that come in understand or that all kids play uh, kids don't sit on the bench for more than an inning at a time wins are not as important as uh, connecting kids to the game and and most of the families that we have come enjoy that um, that atmosphere and, and and that's and that's why they're that's why they're coming to Asbury and playing in the Prairie League. I, I love that. And, and you actually answered my follow-up question, which would be uh, benefits of the Asbury Athletic Association and the Prairie League over the two um, other leagues options that we have. Anything you'd like to add into that? Or are you ready for me to go on to my other follow-up question? Nope, sure. We have there. There's some benefits with Asbury specifically in playing in the Prairie League. Um, you know, field space is an issue no matter what team you're on or what league you're playing in. We're lucky enough we have three fields. Uh, our main field, Asbury, is quite heavily used between between games and practices. But we also have a smaller Maple Hills field that we've been working on for years. That's great for like younger players um, or even just a little infield practice time. And then we have an excellent contract with the Dubuque Community School Districts uh, where we put money into building Roosevelt Field and we maintain it. Um, and therefore, we get uh, kind of first dibs rights on um, 
scheduling times so we can fill in a lot of teams there and we have a lot of amenities we have a really nice batting cage um two hack attack pitching machines and that that cage can and, and balls and nets and tees and all of that stuff can be used um kind of at will as it's open for coaches um to schedule in for kids to come in and hit for an hour um, outside of their practice time and we have three or four portable mounds and I've seen coaches come pick them up and throw them in their trunks and take them, you know, maybe to their house or to a little park somewhere or field or, you know, there's, there's a lot of benefits as well as the low cost. And, and we provide a lot of the team equipment and we're always happy to upgrade equipment if people ask. So um, it's a smaller base, not for profit um, organization. So the money we have goes right back into, uh, what the kids need or what coaches request. Mark, I'm, I'm having so much fun talking to you right now. This is taking me back, you know, hearing Maple Hills Park. I mean, we would grow up yeah. and play football there mm-hmm. during football season, during uh, baseball season in the summer, we would go down there and play lots of, lots of great memories going through my head right now. But I do want to talk, I see on these message boards, and I really don't want to say negatives because I don't think that that these are negatives at all. But sometimes people will say the reason to stray away from the Prairie League and the Asbury Athletic Association is the league is not competitive and the A-leaguers, and I could be wrong, but they say that the A-leaguers are still playing with four outfielders. Now, how would you respond to a family or a player that might want to stray away from the league based on some of those comments that they've heard? Yeah, there's 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 some truth, I think, in um, some of the competitive, competitiveness, especially as of late, um, over the last really the last few years, mainly the, the travel team focus has probably pulled away more from leagues than the actual league versus league uh, mentality. Um, with, the, with the Prairie League, you are going to get maybe a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere, maybe not quite as competitive, but don't mistake um, the competitiveness with the talent that's on the field. We, I still see a lot of really great ball players um, that come through and play the the Prairie League maybe because they do travel a lot on the weekends or have another team they're practicing with a night or two a week and the and the Prairie League gives them a chance to play that that one night a week and maybe move some positions around um, the four outfielders thing is always out there I hear about it all the time I know it's been addressed at the Prairie League level it, it, I don't think it's going to change uh, it's an option. You don't have to play four. You may play four. And it, it's a way to get that one extra kid on the field. I'm not saying I personally agree with it. Um, I don't see anything thing wrong with it for the most part. Um, you know, But you know me, I, I always liked to be as competitive as possible with my kids when they were playing. So that was, that was kind of something we dealt with as we went through the Prairie League. Um, but there's still a lot of ball players out there that 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 play. So that overall, teams teams maybe aren't as strong. That gets me to my last question. We've already plugged your social media, Asbury Athletic Association, on Facebook. 
we always people always like to hear names. So when you think of the Prairie League and the Asbury League throughout the year, who were some of the top players? You shared Brett Featherston, who we did on a former podcast um, yep. from Epworth. Everybody's yep. favorite coach, Coach Manaman, came from the Prairie <laughs> League. Brian Pins. Um, who yeah. started at Wartburg, came from the Prairie League. Who are some of the older sure. players that you played with and then some of the current players that we're seeing at Hempstead, Wallert Sr., Western Dubuque, Cascade, Beckman that are that are playing now? Um, you know, it's hard to pull out a lot of those names. You've mentioned a few there. Some, some that I remember maybe from the 80s era, uh, Kurt Deutsch played. I'm sure he'll love hearing his name on this, but I remember he played Prairie League and he was an outstanding pitcher and pitched in college. Um, Andy Reedy was, was another player that stands out to me. He was always a really great player, played at Hempstead. Uh, you know, more, more recently, kids that, that you'll hear today that are playing in high school that played through Prairie League, um, Gavin Guns, Trey Shaber. Uh, ben Hayful were three kids that that just recently went through the Prairie League and um, maybe didn't play in that quote unquote competitive league, but sure turned out okay uh, at the high school level. So there, there's a wide array of kids that have played. I know we ran into some kids. I wish I could remember their names that were absolute studs that played out in Farley and Epworth and in Worthington area um, where they ended up in their their careers, I'm not so sure. But one that stood out to me too was Dylan Johnson, who plays basketball at West Dubuque, was an exceptional baseball player when he was when he was growing up, and he played with Farley, and I always enjoyed facing him on the mound. Uh, really great pitcher, um, probably would still be really great if he had stuck to it. But I'm, I think basketball is working out okay for him too. Yeah, he was my number one pitcher. Uh, when I coached out at Western Dubuque as an eighth okay. grader and as a freshman, yep. not, not too not yeah. too many guys were able to get the bat around on him. Yep. Mark, before we get on to our next guest from the Pony League, is there anything that you'd like to mention, such as maybe tournaments or anything that you feel is important that the listening audience should know? Yes, thank you. Um, there's a couple things. One, we have a um, MLB hit pitch and run competition out at Asbury. We had had it in the past um, and then it kind of went away and we were going to do it last year and COVID struck and left our fields barren. Um, and so we were sad not to have, have it, but we have it back this year on Sunday, May 2nd. And you can check out our website or our Facebook page for further details, which they should be coming pretty soon. Um, we have, a new board president in Asbury. His name's Ryan Brown. He's super energetic and enthusiastic. He started an Asbury uh, kind of all-star team last year, trying to re-amp some of that love for the game, those kids that want to play a little more. Um, and he has a lot of great ideas and, and is really enthusiastic in, in bringing back um, Asbury baseball and its connection to the Little Prairie League. And then we're always looking for board members and coaches. Um, and uh, our T-ball program is probably our biggest program. And each year we end up having to cut it off around 110 players. And we're already at, I think, 50 or 60. And that registration doesn't close until May. Um, so those would be some of our 
some of our big things. And then one, one other plug, if you'd like to leave it in, it's up to you. We do have softball um, through our program for, for girls that maybe don't want to play baseball, but would like to play some, some softball. So you could definitely contact us to get more information on the, on that. I am all about for kids being in extracurricular activities. It definitely keeps them out of trouble. Thank you for listening. Stick around for Chris Sabers from the Pony League and Scott Strohmeyer from the Independent League. will be joining us shortly. And Mark Hafel, best of luck with the children that you've coached as they come up through senior and the, uh, I believe it's the Asbury Expos girls softball team this summer. And thanks for joining us and doing your segment on the Asbury Athletic Association and Prairie League. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Our next guest joins us from the Pony League, and it is Chris Sabers, and he is the president of the Pony League. Chris, welcome to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And thank you so much for having us, Nick. First question I have for you, Chris, is people want to know, when can they sign up for the Pony League? Yeah, our uh, registration's currently open, and we will have registration open through uh, the end of March, about the 26th of the month. Perfect. And once I meet with the other league here, I'll get this out as soon as possible so as many kids can get signed up and start playing baseball in the area. Now, this is a good question and valid question, especially with um, COVID going on and and budgets might be being a little tight. What are some of the price points for your leagues? And then what are the different age levels that the Pony League offers? Yeah, we go all the way from uh, four years old, all the way up to 14 years old, uh, from T-ball all the way up to 14U uh, or A-League ball. And uh, our, our prices vary by, by league, but it's about generally 70 to $100 per player. And that is all inclusive. That includes, you know, hats, jerseys, and any of the league equipment fees. There's no other fees that are baked into that. Awesome. So whatever they pay at registration, that's going to be the the final fee. There's going to be no hidden costs that that come into that. Now, I know when this league officially came to Dubuque, it was billed as the Little League, and now it's now the Pony League. I believe you cut your ties with the Little League, but what is the history of the Pony League and its history in Dubuque? Yeah, you're completely correct. When it did come, uh, it was established in, in 2001, and the first year of play was in 2002 as the Dubuque Little League. Um, recently, it's approximately 2015 is when we cut the ties and have gone to the National Pony Organization. And Pony is an acronym. It's Protect Our Nation's Youth. And, and that's really, you know, uh, uh, you know, indicative of our values is that we want to focus on the youth. We want to give them a good, wholesome environment to play baseball. And, and I really think that, uh, you know, that embodies uh, what, what our league really stands for. Um, you know, and, and being a 100% volunteer organization, you know, we really stress that this is about families and really try to make it, uh, you know, as, as inclusive as we absolutely can. 
I thanks for sharing that acronym. I've never heard that before. It's it's great to know what what pony stands for. And when when I talk to people and people talk to me in the community, they always share about the great experience that they've had at the Pony League. And you're right, it is a it is a family experience, and and it's a great league for that. I have apps actually never heard anything bad about the Pony League in all my conversations I've had with youth based. Well, that's great. And, and we hope to make that a positive uh, environment for, for everybody, you know, families and kids involved. What's the mission of the league? I know you said the acronym of the Pony League is protecting our nation's youth. Besides that, what is the mission of the league and the mission revolving around baseball? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in our mission statement, just to kind of say it verbatim is, is we want to provide every child, regardless of their skill level, the opportunity to participate in baseball in a competitive yet wholesome environment that enhances the participants' self-esteem, physical fitness, and embodies the spirit of teamwork and community. And, uh, you know, that that is, you know, one of the cornerstones of, of the league is we don't care, you know, what uh, skill level or experience level that this player has. They will have the opportunity to participate and really um, – get that chance because you don't get to, you know, have a, have as much fun or B learn and develop yourself as much. If you're not participating, you, know, you can't do as much on the bench. So we really want the, the kids to get out to do it and, and to be on the field and, and participate in this league. When you think of the other area leagues and, and Dubuque is lucky where we have three leagues in the area where kids can sign up to play baseball and me being a former high school coach who loves the game. It's great that kids have the opportunity to play, but if you had to pinpoint some of the benefits of the Pony League, what would be some of those benefits that thinks makes you stand out um, compared yeah. to the other leagues in the area? Yeah, uh, you know, some of the positives that we, that we bring is for our, uh, our youngest leagues other than our 14U league, we're 100% centered at Derby Grange Golf. Um, so we play all of our games there, all of our practices there. Um, we don't have to worry about traveling around to other communities. It's it's all centered there, all of our games and practices. Um, and, and, you know, and, and with our good relationship with, with Ron and Mary Breitbach, you know, we've been able to provide this low total cost for, for families that's, you know, community-centered um, and, and really – um, providing a good home for us there at, uh, at Derby Greens Golf. Uh, some of the other positives that we see is, is de stressing development through participation. And, and like I mentioned before, our kids getting to play. Um, as long as they sign up, you're on a team and, and you will play. And, and that's kind of the crux of which we talk to all of our volunteers and coaches that, uh, that work with us is everyone's going to be on there. Um, another benefit that uh, we have is um, – we don't have pre-established teams, and so with that, we create some parity and, and have a good, healthy cross-section of skill sets on each team. So there's not one team, and, and I don't want to use the word stacked, but that has players of more skill level, and, and one player, one team isn't completely all beginners. So we want to have a good cross-section. That, that's creating parity for our teams because it, it isn't as fun if – if teams aren't as competitive or, you know, one team continues to, you know, blow everybody out, you know, we want that, that, that good mix of skill sets across all of our teams. 
And, uh, and so really that, uh, that in itself creates less pressure for the, the players. You know, they get the chance to go out and try those other things. There isn't so much a, a heavy concept of, you know, winning and that competitive edge. It's, it's more of, Hey, we want to be there and we all want to do it, get that opportunity to go out on the field and, and try, you know, try maybe different things that you've never done before and develop and, and really stress that. So. Those are some of the benefits that we really offer uh, our players as well as their whole families. I think that that's a benefit to them. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. I know when I was a young kid, we uh, we moved in town and I had joined another league and I was coming from a traveling team. And the league that I was joining, I'm not going to say say the league name, but they asked me. if I would not come to the tryout because they did not want the other coaches to see how good I was. And then they could add me to their team later when they were dividing up the new players. But um, it, it, I ended up showing up and, and, and having fun with that and got put on a lesser team, but, but it made us more, more competitive. I had never heard that before. So that's great to hear that, that you guys are, are doing that. Now, yeah. one thing I, I do want to share is, I often hear that the independent league is the more competitive league of the three. Now, I was just kind of curious, and I'm sure families listening to this are just wondering, how many games a week generally do your kids in the Pony League play, and how many practices might they have during the week? Yeah, um, so our our youngest kids, our T-ball and our coach pitch kids, will have... They'll have one game every week, and then the T-ball kids don't practice. They kind of do a practice slash games or game time. Uh, the 8U kids, they'll have one practice every week. And then as you start to move up to our 10U, 12U, um, they will play two games a week as well as having a single practice. And generally then our 14U, or A-League ball, has had one game a week. And uh, uh, traditionally we've played in the uh, Prairie League. Uh, so the, the local communities, you know, the, the Holy Cross, the Epworth, the Farley, those are the things. So, so those are kind of the breakdowns. But, yeah, our kids that are ages, you know, about approximately 9 to 12, they're going to see two games a week where our younger ones are only going to probably play about one. Perfect. Now, if you think of the history of the league, and I'm also talking about the Little League as well, who – would you have to say would be some of the top players over the years that that came through the Little League or the Pony League? One that stands out to me is uh, David Jaynes, who was, I believe, a five-year or a four-year varsity starter at senior. But who are some of those names of of kids that that we read in the newspaper that are doing great things on the high school baseball field and possibly even college? Yeah, you're 100% right. You had David Jaynes. Um, you know, we still actually have a relationship with David. Him and his dad, Ross, are, um, you know, great advocates for the league. So we love to still talk to the Jaynes family. Um, but uh, ones that you're going to see in the paper from last summer and this summer, um, Trey Shaber and Michael Garrett. Those are kind of our two big ones. Um, we, we, you know, uh, Michael Garrett, uh, you know, he actually was uh, not only was a participant in the Pony League, but while he was at the Pony League, he did uh, MLB's pitch, hit, and run, and, and actually made it all the way up to All Star Weekend um, with the MLB. So that's really cool to see that you know we as a league kind of partner with uh, the the local MLB pitch, hit, and run, 
and and have uh, an alumnus, I guess if you will, that uh, participated in that. And then now, like I said, you know, when it comes to summer, you'll see his uh, his name in the paper for for the Hempstead as well as Trey. So that's uh, that's great to hear. You know, we have a couple other guys that uh, you'll see on the team too. Caden Knoll, I uh, I happen to know uh, his dad pretty well, but you know, the, it's it's awesome to see these kids that came up through the league and and exactly what I think you're alluding to is you know. Hey, now we get to see their names in the paper and, and know that, uh, you know, hey, you know, we, we helped, I guess, play our part. And congratulations to Trey Shaber, who recently committed to uh, Clark University, and also Michael Garrett, who recently committed to the Loris Duhawks. Now, before we get on to our next guest, who is the president of the Independent League, anything that you would like to tell us about the Pony League, your websites, social media, tournaments that you might have coming up, ways that they could sign up, anything that you feel is important for undecided families and undecided players in the area trying to make a decision that best fits them to sign up for the league that would be right for them. Absolutely. So um, you can go over to our webpage. Uh, it's fairly simple, www.dbqpony.org. And that's going to, you know, house all of our information that we have for the league-wise, as well as our registration site. So there will be two, a couple multiple links on that page that you can register your player uh, for the uh, division that they would be in. Um, we're also found on social media on Facebook, uh, Dubuque Pony League Baseball. So you'll see uh, our page out there. Generally, whenever we have announcements, we'll post it through there. Uh, share that information with our families, uh, kind of some uh, pictures of, you know, we have goings on with the league and, and different uh, outlets like that. So you're going to see everything on our website or on our Facebook page, and they'll link you out to uh, to where you can sign up your family. So, And uh, the biggest thing I guess we can say for the families that are interested is, you know, if there's any hesitancy, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to the board. Um, our, our email address is info at dbqpony.org. And so we're always happy to answer questions that you may have about the league. And, and we really just want, you know, to stress that the kids can come out and have fun participating. You know, that, that's, you know, the ultimate goal is, is why, you know, we're around here. And, uh, and, you know, we want to provide that opportunity and, and that great environment for not only the players, but the family. Chris Sabres, who's the president of the Dubuque Pony League, thanks for joining us to talk about your league and all the great things that the Pony League offers. And I can tell you that they are great at responding to that email he gave. I sent them an email and they had reached out and gotten back to me within a couple minutes of sending that and and listening to you talk, I know when I think of youth youth baseball, I think of the two F's, fundamentals and fun. And it sounds like you guys are doing that at the at the Pony League. So for myself and the people that listen to this, thank you to you and all your volunteers that are providing a fun and safe and enjoyable environment for our youth kids to be playing baseball. All right. Thank you so much for having us today. Take care and thanks, Chris. Our third guest today on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast comes from the Independent League, and he is the board president of the Independent League. So we will welcome Scott Strohmeyer to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Scott, 
before we start talking about the league and its mission statement and everything great about the independent league, give us a little history of the league. Well, first, thanks for having me, Nick. Um, well, but originally, so this, this league started back in the year 1968. Uh, Vern Habercorn, um, who's obviously originated the league had just finished a season, a championship season in their uh, Holy ghost parochial softball league. And it was almost immediately after that is what Vern told me that they went through and, and there was a, uh, who'd be the athletic director at Holy ghost would be father Paisley uh, kind of approached Vern and just said, Hey, what can you do to kind of keep these boys active? Um, anything you can do to kind of get some of the boys in the community more active um, you know, through baseball. So it wasn't long after that. It was actually that, that same summer that uh, Vern put together. Then it was called ILB, which is Independent League Baseball. And um, so from that point on, which this would be, what, 50, 54 years? If I got that right. I so, he, yeah, he, so he's, yeah. yep. So, yeah, so he's uh, he's went through there. Um, he started, he actually created the league. He umpired in the league for many, many years um, at the original Wyrick Field, which is uh, some know is above, kind of above Holy Ghost up there, up on top of the hill. And then, um, you know, so he did that, obviously, for many years. Moved on eventually to the uh, Dubuque Sports Complex, and uh, which would be in, I believe, 1997. And then, uh, and that's where we are today. Scott, some things that I, I pulled from the history from your guys's website that I that I found to be interesting is back in um, 1985, the 10 year old division was started. And one thing that that I found interesting too was and I talked to um, the person who started the uh, in the Rising Stars tournament, which is the big independent league tournament, uh, Pat Henkel. So look for that episode coming up. But um, he had shared how kids would just show up and play in jeans and T-shirts. And the one thing that I found uh, interesting is teams uh, did not have uniforms in the early years, but it was 1981. So my birthday was when teams first appeared to get uniforms in the league in 1982. They debuted their uniforms, and the Independent League roughly has had 700 boys participating in the league, and it has had a rich history in Dubuque since 1968. Now, what is the mission of the league, Scott? Uh, Well, basically... uh... We're trying to teach kids discipline and sportsmanship um, and basically have an active lifestyle through the medium of baseball. Um, it's, it's something that I think it, it's, it's a team sports, obviously, is something that I think brings a lot of a lot of these kids together, um, develop a lot of friendships throughout this. You know, when I think about baseball and, and I think about you know, teaching kids discipline. I like how you mentioned um, that because we think in life it's 
some of the greatest accomplishments come from some of our biggest failures. And we know baseball is a game of failure. And you're considered a great player if you get out seven out of 10 times. And those 300 hitters are considered um, great players. Now, we recently had Mark Hafel on earlier from the uh, Little Prairie League, the Asbury Association, Chris Sabres from the Pony League, and now we have Scott Strohmeyer from the Independent League. Scott, when you think about the Independent League, we have three options in town. What would you say would be the benefits of the Independent League over the other league options or the city options? Well, and I think, I don't know if it's all over the other two, but all of our games are local games. So all of our games are played at the Dubuque Sports Complex. Um which, which utilizes five different fields. And, and some of those are, they go by age divisions. There's a couple of smaller fields. Um, within that, uh, we have, we schedule through the A through our C divisions. So which would be the nine through the 14 year olds, uh, 20 games a year. You know, they have two, two games per week. Um, with that included, you go there, there's, there's two tournaments. So we have our rising stars tournament, which you just spoke about earlier. And also we have our annual end of the year tournament. So with that, at the end of the year tournament, which is kind of neat, is uh, we have the all-star game. So at the end of the year tournament on that Friday night, we get basically it's all of the second year A players, which would be 14-year-old kids, all get together. We mix them all up and we split them all up from their teammates and everything just have one big all-star game. So it's kind of a final hurrah for all the kids that, you know, that spent their uh, – their careers at independent league baseball. Dan Kennedy used to Facebook live that. And I used to watch that, that event. It used to be so much fun just to, just to watch from, from my home, those kids celebrating those great careers. And now we followed them on into high school. Now, Scott was very gracious and, um, he does not want to leave anybody out of this next question, but I've asked everybody when we look at the leagues, who are some of the top alumni in the league over the years? And Scott wanted me to point this out that there are tons of names of kids that have gone on to play in high school, go on to play semi-pro and go on to college. And he did not want to forget Anybody, But I went to the Independent League website and I pulled out some names of people that have either been guests on the podcast or when you think about Dubuque baseball, here are some of your top players. So here are some of the top alumni from the Independent League over the years. We have Mike Ehlers. He was big into bringing professional baseball back many years ago. Also does a lot of work with the um, ghost players out at the Field of Dreams. We have Russ Ruby, who holds the home run record at Dubuque Hempstead. Tony Potts, Scott Savory, who went on to play minor league baseball. Tim Felderman, who was a prep star at senior college star at the University of Dubuque and senior high school baseball head coach for many years. Kevin Romberg went on to get drafted and play for the Baltimore Orioles and the Cleveland Indians. Jeff Rapp, who is a member of the Dubuque County Semi-Pro Hall of Fame, also member of the, uh, I'm sorry, head coach of the Hempstead Mustangs. We have Tom Sullivan, Tony Gassman, Kurt Deutsch, who's the Hempstead basketball head coach, 
Jude Berger, who went on to star at Wartburg. He was just mentioned in a previous episode with Jay Wannell. Go back and check it out from Dugout Sports. Dan Butler, who starred at Hempstead and um, coached out at Western Dubuque, is now a principal out in the Western Dubuque School District. Josh Hobble played at Hempstead, went on to play at the University of Northern Iowa. He also got um, drafted. Danny Miller, Scott Bruni, the current head coach of the Cedar Rapids Washington baseball team. Brian Westfall, Aaron Wolfcool, Aaron Sogling, Adam Gross, BJ Jurgens, upcoming guest Jeremy Girardi, Alex Timmerman, co-host Andrew Redman, former guest Ryan Doty from Wartburg, Jack Huffman, JJ Reimer, Super Bowl champion Riley McCarron, Connor Grant, Alex Steinis, member of Dusty Rogers Baseball Academy, Austin Clemens, Sam Knoll, Anthony Rudin, David Fitzgerald, Chris Tompkins, Dan Milius, Brady Breitbach from that record-setting 2014 Hempstead team, Jacob Kerman, Tucker May, Austin Savory, TJ Deerdorf, and lastly, last year's Mississippi Valley Player of the Year, Andrew Henry. So Scott, since 1968, you've had such a rich history of guys. And I actually had a lot more guys added to that list. And and, and I cut quite a few out of there. But those are some of the names of guys in the, the community that have had and done a lot of things for the game of baseball. Scott, if we want to find information about the Dubuque Independent League, where can we find that information at? Uh, well, we have our, our website would be www.dilb.org. And we found that, you know, websites are kind of a thing of the past. And we know that Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, those are the social media platforms. Is the Independent League on social media at all? Yes, we have. Um, we are on Twitter and Facebook, and they both can be found at at D-I-L-B, and then it's baseball, basically spelled that, D-I-L baseball. Thanks for sharing that information with us, Scott. Now, the Independent League is is known for a lot of things, but they also have a big tournament that they offer every year called the Rising Stars Tournament. Can you tell us anything about the tournaments that the Independent League offers? Sure. Well, as, as you mentioned earlier with Pete Ankles, he was the founder of the Rising Stars Tournament, um, and I believe that was in 1980. And obviously, it's been held annually every year since then. Uh, we did have, I think in most recent years, there was one where we kind of had a small rainout on a Saturday and tried to compile all of it on a Sunday, which uh, runs into a lot of late night, uh, under the lights baseball. The kids still love it. Um but yeah, they've had that. So it's, it was basically directed by and, and kind of for the benefit for the independent league. Uh, you've got a combination of all independent league um, coaches, uh, parents, and um, obviously the staff that's down at the Dubuque Sports Complex who volunteer, obviously, to make it, you know, such a, such a great event. Um, everything from keeping the fields up, you know, upkeep to uh, concessions to you name it, everything down there. It's a uh, it's been very successful and we're starting to draw more um, out of the, you know, out of the Dubuque area teams. Um, it's kind of hard nowadays with the, the huge uh, 
popularity of travel ball. Um, you know, everyone, some, some try to go different, you know, to different uh, venues, but generally what we have here is, is all of the, within the rising stars tournament, every independent league team is basically enrolled into that. So you've got the combination of all those independent league teams. And then in addition to teams around the area, I love the fact that you guys are keeping that tournament alive. I know I had shared with uh, Pete Hinkles about um, the great times that I had playing in that tournament. And I was nervous with the popularity of travel baseball taking over that we might see this tournament drop from the the people that I've talked to. It sounds like it's still going strong and, and will continue to go strong. Now, one thing I love about the Independent League is you guys have an end-of-the-year tournament to uh, hand out, which would be called the Independent League Pennant. And I saw in the Hall of Fame there were many managers and coaches that have uh, won many pennants. So can you tell us a little bit about that end-of-the-year tournament? Well, exactly, exactly what you said. So obviously at the end of the year, uh, it is split up. So by the time after the rising stars tournament is about over, we start looking at records and kind of try to seed your teams and see who they are, who's playing who, um, two year last year, excuse me, two years ago, uh, we ran into a, another situation where mother nature came along and decided to kind of, uh, mess up our Saturday. So we ran our end of the year tournament on a Sunday and we finished at about one thirty in the morning, um, obviously crowning the champions. So it was a very long day. Sunday was beautiful. Saturday, not so much. Um, and then last year uh, with, uh, with COVID, um, we kind of ran into the point of we had to push back our season. So we didn't start till June. We weren't, you know, we weren't allowed to start till June. So it kind of pushed our season back. We usually end at the end of or mid-July. Well, now we pushed it back to about mid-August, but what we kind of made a plan instead of running it on one weekend, um, we did it through the week. So we started on a Tuesday and we finished on the Friday. And that kind of made it better. It's like a little tournament throughout a four-day period. Yeah, it gives people an opportunity to too and go watch more baseball. And I'm sure the kids love that one thirty in the morning game, but grandparents <laughs> and spectators that had to stick around for that, that that may have been a little difficult. Now, before we uh end this podcast with our uh podcast killing double play, what are what are some ways to sign up, Scott? And I know that the independent league is different from the other two leagues, where in the other two leagues you sign up with the league and they place you on the team, where the independent league is a little bit different. So what are some ways to sign up and how do our listeners that have kids that will be starting to play baseball or are looking to switch leagues, how do they go about putting their son on a team? Well, correct. So what we do, there is, so we have probably about five years ago, we had uh, created a, an, an e-league. Okay. So that is going to be five and six year olds. And those are parents can go onto our website and uh, basically create an account, register their, their son or daughter, have them, on the uh, on the website, and there we will place kids on specific teams. There are some organizations um, that kind of develop, I will say develop, that kind of put a specific team together so they can go up to the next organization, whether it's a, 
the White Sox, Brewers, Hawks, Dodgers, whoever it may be. Um, and then they go on up. But once you get to the D division, uh, which is still the coach pitch instructional part, uh, that's where each team is kind of run independently, independently. So either you know someone or you start a team is how you start your independent league career, if that makes sense. It does. Now, I had asked Scott um, earlier about price points, and price points generally depends on the team and the organization. So if you find that coach or that team or that organization, they'll be able to pinpoint your exact price points. But the price points um, includes 20 games, uh, field rental, umpires. Uh, it, it goes toward that sort of thing. And and Scott gave me a rough estimate. It could be a little bit less. It, it could be a little bit more, but roughly around $150. And Scott, you also said that the league has had such popularity that you've also had some communities outside of Dubuque that have joined the league. So who are some of the the teams and the communities outside of Dubuque that have joined the independent league? Um, so to, to, to hit on that, yes, basically independently kind of started out as it was going to be a Dubuque-based league. So a lot of it was within the city limits of Dubuque. Um, if you were there, Dubuque Community Schools, then you are eligible to play. Well, through the years, and again, I think some, some of it goes through the travel ball aspect where some kids uh, were doing that. There was other teams that were looking for a more competitive style of play without being the travel ball team. So and these are these are teams that kind of approached us and said, well, we know, you know, there, there was the stipulation of being a Dubuque-based uh, team or a, a child, but can we come in? So you're looking at uh, teams from Dyersville, Galena, uh, Bellevue. Uh, we've been approached by um, Cuba City, where they can they kind of combine or combine a few small towns up there for a team as well. So yes, it's becoming popular. Now, Scott, one last question I have, and this question goes out to families. I know how busy I get in the summer. I'm sure you and your children and your family are, are busy in the summer. And we look at planning our summers. Generally, how many games do children in the independent league play during a week? And generally, how many times a week might they practice? Well, we schedule for the um, the 9 through 14-year-old divisions. Uh, they will play twice a week. So the, 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 a, the A and C teams will play on a Monday, Thursday, and the um, C and B or the D and B play on Tuesday and Friday. Uh, practicing is based on coaches. So that's, that's nothing that's set in stone. Uh, the families and the players get with their coaches and they try to put together a practice plan. And uh, yeah, so that's basically based on on the coaches. Now our E-League um, is, is one day a week. And what they do there is they, instead of practicing on a separate day, uh, they practice kind of within the game. So then they'll kind of hold practices while they are way out in the outfield. But uh, so yeah, you're looking at you're looking at two games a week for the for the older kids and one for the younger. That's great to hear. Scott, is there anything about the independent league that you would like to mention 
before we hit into that podcast ending double play? Well, what I would like to say, we had generally over the winter here in January, we, we, we are, um, we go to the sports festival that's been held at the Kennedy mall and it's back at the grand Harbor years ago. Unfortunately with COVID and everything, we can't do that. That's where you can find, um, we, we get a lot of players that come in that are looking to play. Uh, so we get a list of players there. Uh, we take them to our coaches meeting, which we have in February. And if there are teams looking for players, that's another option. Um, we are going to be on the, uh, signed up at the, uh, the digital backpack for the big community schools. So we'll be putting out a little side note on there as well for, uh, you know, for information, for sign up and contact information as well. Thanks for sharing that information, Scott. I will also be taking this information for people that are listening, and I'll put it on our Facebook group, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I'd like to thank Mark Hafel from the Little Prairie League and the Asbury Association, Chris Sabers from the Pony League, and Scott Strohmeyer, president of the Independent League, for this episode of which youth baseball league is best for you. And just like that, 643, we're out of here. Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media. Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe. <laughs>